Welcome to the podcast. We start with uh, a rant on Hunter Biden uh, that I, I'm, I'm out of control. I can't I can't take the hypocrisy. Glenn appropriately antagonizes me into losing my mind. And that starts the show. We talked to a mom. We actually played her video the other day who's upset at the school board and the craziness that is going on with critical race theory in our schools. She comes on with us today. We have Alex Clark on from Poplitics. Uh, she is bringing conservative ideas to the world of pop culture and bringing an entire new uh, group of people that wouldn't normally listen to conservative positions. And she's an, a fascinating person. And Graham Allen, our buddy Graham Allen, who uh, was at the Blaze for a while. We love Graham. He is now running for Congress, and he's going to tell you about that whole situation going after a Republican uh, incumbent who voted to impeach Donald Trump. All that is on today's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks. And while you're here on the podcast app, click over to uh, click subscribe to this podcast, rate and review. Uh, five stars is the appropriate number of stars. The same applies to Stu Does America. We really appreciate you checking the show out. Here's the podcast. day i make him suffer i really do <laughs> i tell I, I tell Stu, we're gonna get to it we're gonna get to it but i know if i continue to hold on then spring the trap and he explodes uh <laughs> and so uh so i thought i would just say two words hunter biden ah i am <laughs> out of my mind i i am out ah. of my mind with the hip Hypocrisy on this Hunter yeah, Biden. That's story. not very productive. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not very productive. No. It's really not. In case, in case, in case you don't know, uh, if you're lucky enough to pay attention to conservative media, then you might be aware that Hunter Biden, who happens to be the son of the president, mm. you, if you don't listen to conservative radio, you may not even know that mm-hmm. he's the son of the president of the United States. He's been calling his lawyer the N-word in texts. Uh, and we had to go to the we had to go across the pond to the Daily Mail <laughs> to even find that out. They were the first ones to actually report this. And this, the conversation has a problem with it. Yes. The conversations are completely insane. I, first of all, I will warn you, if you have your small kids in the car, you may want to take a break. But. This is, I would say, one of those... Why? Is it going to be uncomfortable? Are you saying these are uncomfortable (laughs) conversations? Couldn't be any more uncomfortable than what Alison Camerata had to do yesterday, could it? No. Okay, that's a good point. That is, it's not that... (laughs) (laughs) We have to do that today. It's not that uncomfortable. Oh, it's next. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, this is a legitimate conversation between Hunter Biden and his lawyer. It's the strangest conversation I've ever heard in my entire life Mm -hmm. until, until, of course... Obviously, okay. Allison Cameron. Can yesterday. I uh, can I play the lawyer? Yes. Okay. Yes. And you play Hunter. Okay. Okay. I'll- okay. Here we go. <laughs> All right. You start. Okay. I hi. I'm Hunter Biden, and here's my text messages. <clears throat> okay. Where do you find unconditional love, then, George? God loves us unconditionally. Bo loves you unconditionally. Children are too young to understand what it means, but you will show them. Oh, there are ideals of unconditional love that serve as proxies. I don't have many. You? God? OMG, N-word! 
Wait. What? <laughs> what? That is legitimately his response to that interaction. Uh, Think about what this is like. His lawyer is in this deep moment of, of trying to help Hunter through God only knows what a moment of introspection. He gives this beautiful thing about unconditional love and his re- reply is <laughs> OMG N word. <laughs> no, but wait, wait, wait. He goes on. Oh he doesn't just leave it at OMG N word. He goes, OMG N word. Did you just cite a fictional character from the imagination of the collective frightened? By the way, that is your uh, the son of the president of the United States, this devout Catholic describing God. That's what. So <laughs> right, okay, uh, that's right. how his description. Hang of on God. just a second. Hang on. You have to say it more like him, though. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think he probably said it. Oh my! Uh, <laughs> Omg! Okay. And word. <laughs> okay, okay. Did you just a fictional character from the imagination <laughs> of the collective writing? And, and my dead brother, dead brother, <laughs> unconditional love is what I should rely on. And my kids aren't children, George. So he it's hard to really parse what he's doing there. He's saying I reject uh, seemingly God. Right. Is what he's saying. I reject you. Would it be better if you my brothers, my dead be- brothers, <laughs> unconditional love, which was I thought would be a nice uh, moment for someone. No. And, right. and then he points out his kids are not children. Yup, I understand what he was saying there. <laughs> okay, so then his lawyer says, my parents' love was conditioned. <laughs> my penis, warning, of, warning. as of late, has been unconditional. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What is he oh talking? I don't gosh. even... First of all, there's the point that, like, he's talking about unconditional love, and he just brings it to his junk out of nowhere with this person who's trying to help him through this crisis. Secondly, if you're saying your junk is unconditional, are you saying that it has a condition under normal circumstances? Like, like is this a medical <laughs> yes. sort of confession? Sometimes... I think sometimes it should stay in your pants. I think all men understand that. All women understand that. Sometimes your junk should stay in the junk drawer. It should be under the condition of lockdown (laughs) for Hunter Biden. You're right. Okay. So his attorney writes, that's why we're we're searching. For my penis. (laughs) This is real. We're not making this up. This is really what oh the text messages say. And his attorney responds, and we will always be searching. He's just trying to just trying. ignore him. And yeah, and we'll always be searching. Again, I apologize for the content of these texts. They are not mine. He says, and we will, after he says we will always be searching, Hunter replies, it's a big penis, George. They always find it. And, and the and. last one. I only love you because you're black. Again, these are real. And he's, I believe he's a white attorney, is he not? I don't know. Uh, He says, it's so, then the attorney responds, it is so annoying when you interject with frivolity. Now, again, think of the arc of this conversation. It's all like these nice, warm, I I know you're going through a tough time. I want to help you through it from the attorney. And he just keeps replying with the N-word and and jokes about his his genitals. Um, So after he says it's so annoying, you interject with frivolity. He's finally hit that limit, right? The lawyer's like, all right, this is I you're Uh just being an idiot. And he replies, true that (laughs) N-word. Oh, my 
it's just so that's when the lawyer finally says um, okay i'm i'm done with my rant yeah mm-hmm, that's how now it i think you have to say are you sure he does drugs <laughs> because i find that i find that shocking i don't know how anyone might have detected that he was you know doing drugs and i think the family probably had to be uh equally as stunned when that revelation came out you know <laughs> yeah no that's uh, stunning i will say what is not at all stunning is that absolutely no one in the mainstream media has taken the time to bother even commenting on these texts the industry that single-handedly exists to fire people and cancel people for their naughty words can't muster one story about hunter biden and his use of the n-word these networks and, and the papers p- and, and the p-word i think we should <laughs> i think we should go with a p-word as well with his attorney i mean he's just a ver- pig <laughs> very weird yeah. very weird and obviously on yeah. drugs mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. all day these these media organizations exist to tell people who are like down on their luck or living in a trailer somewhere uh, that they have so too much white privilege they're racists and they have white privilege, but they can't see anything interesting in the single most privileged person in the universe using the <laughs> N-word <laughs> a bunch of texts. Well, nothing, nothing to see nothing. here whatsoever. Nothing. And you know what? what's great is you talk about white privilege. You're telling people who live in trailer parks that they're white privilege, but you also say that they're trash. These trashy mm. people. This guy is the most trashy person I have ever encountered. Oh, he is just the worst. I mean, it's hard to lower your opinion of Hunter Biden. But this this whole escapade may do that. <laughs> I don't think it did. It didn't lower it for me at all. Okay, Stu. Stu. I know that you have this weird thing about Hunter Biden and his corruption <laughs> and all of this stuff. But I'm telling you now, I don't think. Let me ask you three questions. Would the Times cover this if it happened to a similar person? Like if you did it <laughs> or if if uh, Donald Trump's son did it, do you think do you really think they'd cover that? I don't think there is an equivalent person on the other <laughs> side of the aisle on this one. I, I mean, if the Trump kids are doing crack, they're leaving less of it on the dashboard of their rental cars when they return them. So we don't know <laughs> if they are. We, they seem right. to be impregnating random strippers at a less frequent rate. <laughs> so I don't know that there is an equivalent person. But if you want to pick, just pick one of the Trump kids. Er, you know, Eric Trump. Right. Like Eric Trump's texts come out and he's using the N word over all over the place. Do you think CNN would find a 30 second segment? They might possibly reference okay. it at some all point right, in their all coverage. Right, all right. Let's be fair and balanced. OK. Question number two. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just are not interested in Hunter Biden under any circumstances because he plays no role in anybody's life. Really? That's interesting because. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. ran a giant profile of Hunter Biden, mm-hmm. not to criticize him for anything, but to help him promote his book that came out a few weeks ago. They uh, went through, they gave him a wide open space <laughs> to just address everything mm-hmm. that's gone wrong in his life. And they even had time mm-hmm. to include color 
about his very first job when he worked with llamas and otters at the zoo. <laughs> Which, this world is so insane. It's so insane. <laughs> They're writing a story about Hunter Biden and how he worked with otters and llamas. <laughs> how bizarre is this? Okay. Uh, all right. Question number three. Question number three. Um, they don't usually have problems with people using the N word. <laughs> you know, let me rephrase that as a question. Mm. They don't usually. I mean, do they usually have a problem with somebody using the N word? I found that they do. And let me give you an example of this, Glenn. They okay, fired right. Donald McNeil <laughs> for using the N word in a response to a question from a teenager about the use of racist language. Now, McNeil's yeah, use of this word in his defense. He was flippantly using it. Yeah. No, yeah, no. He was just. He just was no. a, a, a nice, easy uh, answer. He he asked what I think was a pretty rational question. So one of the kids on this trip said, hey, uh, you know, is it okay? My friend used the N-word. Should they get in trouble? And he said, well, how did they use it? Did they use it in like a racist, like way out going after someone? Or did they use it like in a rap lyric or something? And then he used the word in an example. Mm. And that was enough to get him fired multiple years after the incident. By the way, Glenn, this guy, this is their lead COVID reporter. During a pandemic, they fired him over nothing. Not even. This is a guy who worked there for a half century, Glenn. The guy was there for almost 50 years at the times. And they fired him for using the N-word when there was not. No, so, okay, no reason to do so, but Hunter Biden doesn't even get a quick mention in the paper. Well, I mean, did he deserve it? Did he deserve it? Mm. I mean, honestly. Yes. One, one more question. Fine. Maybe they just don't care about Hunter Biden because he was just joking. I mean, mm. obviously, obviously, McNeil, I don't, there's, there's no excuse for that. But <laughs> Hunter was jokingly using it as a friendly nickname. well you know to be consistent here glenn in december of 2020 all the way back how old were you in december of 2020 the the new york times the same age (laughs) ran a front page story about a random cheerleader in virginia who posted a three second three second video where she was excited about getting her learner's permit to get her car and said, I can drive, N-word, jokingly to her friends. She wasn't targeting any African-American in this circumstance. And I should also mention she was a freshman in high school who was absolutely not a public figure in any way. Why was that covered? They didn't put this God on the front page. They did. <laughs> they didn't put it on the front page. They did they, put it on the front hmm? page. They put it on the front know. page of the paper. And uh, by the way, she, uh, part of this whole story, and she, they weren't the only one who covered it, but the part of the story is she had to, uh, she lost her a role on the, she kicked off the cheerleading team in college as she was going into college and had to withdraw from college entirely because of all the harassment and everything else associated with her three-second video she had made four years prior. Uh, She said she did not, you know, she was 15, 16 years old. She did not understand, Mm -hmm. you know, really the word. She said, 
uh, it's in every song that they play on the radio. And I know that's not an excuse, but like I just didn't understand the consequence of it. And she's still getting tortured mm. for this today. Well, she's to older. She was old enough. She was old enough to know better. Hunter is uh, still a child. He's still a child. <laughs> so what do we learn here? We've learned we've learned that uh, well, that everyone's equal. Just some animals are more equal than others. Mm. I think that's what we learned here. Oh, oh and. Why would anybody take the mainstream media seriously at all? Why would anyone take any of this wokeness seriously at all? It is nothing but political correctness. And I think we're all starting to understand what political correctness means. You know, there's only one thing to say to that, Glenn. True dat, (laughs) N-word. Well, we're still searching for... (laughs) The penis. Uh, all right. Let- <laughs> they always find it, Glenn. They always find it. Yeah. But, well, this is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Okay. Yesterday, I played. I played one of my new heroes. Uh, she's a mom addressing the school board in New York. I want you to hear just a little bit of what she had to say to the school board. I think the Board of Education and those sitting on the panels are thieves. I think they're liars and have committed treason against our children. My message to this district and the members of the Board of Ed, stop indoctrinating our children. You're teaching my children and other children that if they believe in God Almighty, they're part of a cult. These educators put their own names out there. We have Mr. Barry, who took it upon himself with Miss Cyrus to create a curriculum. That should be it. Do you want the proof? I have the proof. You created a curriculum of Black Panther indoctrination. Ma'am. You use taxpayers' dollars. Can I ask you one more time? I, I, I have no issue hearing what you have to say. But why, are, why can uh, we not let the public speak? Why can't we let the public know that you're teaching our children to go out and murder our police officers? Do you want the proof? I have the proof. Is that what scares you? The proof that a parent actually standing up against all of you? Is that what scares you to call out the names of these people? You work for me. I don't work for you. You have a duty. We are entrusting our children to you. We teach our children morals, values, when they grow up to commit crimes and end up in prison and kill a police officer. It's our fault? No, it's your fault. You're emotionally abusing our children and mentally abusing them. You're demoralizing them by teaching them communist values. This is still America, ma'am. Her name is Tatiana Ibrahim, and she joins us now from uh, New York. Hello. Tatiana. Hi. Yes. Hi. How are you? Thank you for having me. You bet. My <laughs> wife and I watched she watched you do this uh, while we were just going to bed. It was about midnight, and we mm-hmm. were up for about an hour just talking about you. Uh, mm-hmm. How's the How's the blowback been from this? Because you were just a titan. Yeah. Well, um, I'm angrier. I'm more angrier now um, because I see that, unfortunately, we do have a very few 
um, people that, you know, in our community that are, you know, they're in denial. They're in denial. And a new board member that's coming on who's actually pushing for this. Um, but overall, very large. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of support that we have been receiving nationwide. I mean, from Australia to, to, to Florida to California, all, so many moms and dads in New York, which is a great thing because, uh, you know. But, not, but together, not in your community, because I, I was not, shocked that I didn't hear anybody applaud that were sitting there. They were all just like sitting there like stones, like I'm not going to look at anybody. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah, actually, so I think I, I, I created the storm. Um, they came out from the woodwork. So I have a big, big support for my community. I actually do. Um, our, you know, it, it's amazing. I didn't even know we had that many people in our county, the amount of support that they, that they um, are giving us. We had over 300 people at our last board meeting, um, you know, just alone that are, they're fed up. They're fed up. People are paying attention now. You know, it, it's opened a window, it's opened their eyes, and they're actually seeing what is going on. And it's, it's got to stop, so, and it, it's going to stop, because I'm not finished. So when you this were talking about, when, when, when you talked about, um, you know, I have the proof, is this critical race theory, or, I mean, the, the Panther, the Black Panther is mm-hmm. bringing them in to talk about social justice and the police, uh, what was it that pushed you over the edge and what is it specifically that your town is doing? So we, we, we have, um, you know, teachers and educators posting all over social media, their personal agendas, um, you know, trying to, to encourage students to um, read about taking out the president or uh, former president Trump. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, they're exposing themselves because there's never a re- repercussion against them. They're getting away with it. And, you know, there's no policy in order in this district, you know, preventing teachers from exposing their personal beliefs. They're, they're pushing their personal beliefs and thoughts on our children. They're going on social media. They're, they're participating in Black Lives Matter rallies saying that their black students matter. Well, what about the other lives of your children? So no other life matters. I mean, do you know what division and animosity that causes children and confusion and hate? So you're basically. So have you had have have the kids come home, your kids come home and talked about this? And have you had problems with the kids in the school? Your kids. So Yeah. So 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 my my daughter was very confused. Um, she couldn't understand, you know, well, I'm friends with this one and I'm friends with that one. And so why are we you know, mom, you 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 and dad are always telling me to, you know, love the police and go to them if we need help and, you know, to respect them, but they're killing black people and my friends are black. And I says, Whoa, 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 where are you getting this from? You know? And she started opening up and I started talking to her friends and her friends come from different, uh, you know, ethnicities and backgrounds and races and they, the, the amount of support from them and their families, you know, and my daughter was surprised. And I says, why would you be surprised? Well, they're black. So what does that mean? Because they're black, they can't agree. They can't feel a way because the school is teaching them that if you're black or, you know, if you're, you're, they call them minorities, that they're not allowed to think, they're not allowed to feel, they're not allowed to have their own opinions. That's racism. And that's not what we you're, stand for in this community. You're also caught in uh, a very weird piece uh, place because you are a, mm-hmm. 
you're a Christian. Your husband yeah. is a Muslim. Uh, yeah. Christians can be slaughtered and nobody will say anything. Muslims are not supposed to be outside of the, you know, the Democratic Party line. Uh, and what is your husband? What's your husband say about this? My husband is is furious. Uh, you know, uh, even our even our background. I mean, our ethnicity, my my race. They, they, I haven't revealed what I am because I'm just sitting back and I'm laughing at this because they're assuming what I am and they have no idea where I come from. My, my ethnical background. There's this, right. They, they're, they're assuming you're white. Yes. They're assuming I'm white. That's correct. And I'm not white. So I'm just, I'm letting them play it out. You know, um, even with the, the name calling of homophobic. I mean, it's funny mm. because the, the, the closest person to me in my life, they don't even know who she's married to. And that this is what this is why I say they're 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 telling us to be tolerant and accepting, not to judge. Right. But they're judging. They're judging and assuming so, and they have no idea. You know, I don't know if you've listened to yourself back on YouTube, but um, what I was fascinated by was how the school board was so dismissive of you they all jumped in when they said when you said you work for me i pay your salary they all of them mm -hmm. said you no, this is free we don't we don't take money but they mm -hmm. never jumped in fully throated when uh you were when you were expressing what was going on in the school they only mm -hmm. said shut her off shut her down we get her out at one point one of them said we should all walk Yes. Um, instead of listening to you, who are right. the people that you were naming and what specifically did they do? So, Miss Cyrus and Mr. Barry, they are uh, Mr. Barry's a principal in the eighth grade middle school. Miss Cyrus is his assistant is the assistant principal who just recently came in about, I want to say, three years ago when my daughter was leaving the school, uh, middle school. And Mr. Um, Miss Miss, there is a. What other names? I mentioned so many names. Um, they, those educators yep. are the ones that created the curriculum. They took it upon themselves to create a, a curriculum. Uh -huh. The books that they're bringing in are books. It's called One Crazy Summer. And it's about, you know, the Black Panthers and talking about racist white pigs, cops. Um, in one of the books, one of the little black girls has a doll that is a blonde hair, green eyed very pale skinned doll and that it's you shouldn't have a doll like that if you're a black child because it's it's making the black child feel less of what they are i'm so so now the child is going to look at a white as a, at a blonde hair white girl with green eyes like my daughter because that's what she looks like as a racist or as something bad and children don't see color they don't see color you know we have a new board member coming no, in you have who to be Exactly. They're taught to hate. And this community is a very large populated police community. We have a lot of blue collar um, community members, firemen, construction workers. We work very hard. We all have morals and respect for one another. Now, whether you agree or not with us, it shouldn't be about us. It's about our children. So what made me laugh was the board members are saying, yes, we we don't get a salary. So that means your work is volunteer. So then you don't have anything to lose if you stand up for what's right. 
So that means you're just pure evil and you don't care about our children, right? Because oh. you don't have a job to lose. You're not losing it's, a salary um, if you stand. It is, uh, it, you're dealing, uh, you seem to be fighting uh, with some people in the background, but seemingly alone. I urge you to join one of the uh, groups, at least on Facebook, uh, that are that are fighting this because you you need more people around you you need some you need some help um and i th- i think have. you're doing a, a great job and go ahead yeah we have glenn actually we we have um 352 different organizations around new york those are just that moms have been reaching out for to me um we have been uniting it has been nonstop amount of support is, is unbelievable. My community, um, including those that, you know, um, that you would, wouldn't believe. And it's not even political. It's not political because you have people on different political sides that are saying, hey, listen, we may not agree on politics, but I really agree with you on this because this is our children. They're, they're, they're hurting. I mean, how can you hurt a child? What's wrong with you? You know, and pushing all this, um, uh, the LGBTQIA community. Hey, listen, that's fine. But it does not give a teacher a right or an administrator a right to, to teach this. This is if they want someone to talk to the child, there should be someone available to talk to, these ch- to the child. But it should not be an entire lesson plan or an agenda or a propaganda against mm-hmm. these children. Hitler did that. That's what Hitler did, right? That that's what Muslim terrorists uh, do. They recruit children uh, to do these uh, things. Yep, yep. Exactly. Uh, and I have uh, I have all of the uh, the books. I was just thinking about uh, all of the teacher manuals that I have uh, in our in our museum uh, mm-hmm. from uh, the you know from the Nazis that were teaching mm-hmm. the teachers how to teach, and it's very similar mm-hmm. to what is going on right now. Tatiana, mm-hmm. thank you so much. How do people get in thank touch you. with you? Just through your Twitter handle. So my Twitter, there's also a link that will link them to my website, um, my email, and my uh, public Facebook. Um, and we also have one uh, page that says Parents Against uh, Critical Race Theory. If they Google that on Facebook, they'll find that too, and they can join us and join the fight because we're, this is a winning, we're going to win. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fight, but we're going to win. And have to remember, people have to remember, vote no Tuesday for this, m- the monies that, that they're trying to do, use to indoctrinate children more. So have to vote no, keep shutting them Tatiana. down. Thank you so much. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Tatiana Ibrahim, T-A-T-I-A-N-A-I-B-R-A-H-I-M-5. Tatiana Ibrahim 5 on Twitter. Thank you so much, Tatiana. We'll talk again. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. So summer has arrived, and with it comes all of those amazing summer holidays. And with things finally starting to return to normal in this country, I'll bet you're looking to spend those holidays with friends and family, cooking up some good food in the backyard 
while the kids go running and screaming around the yard. Let me take your grilling game and knock it up one level. If you haven't already, I want you to go online and check out Rectech. It grills, it smokes, it even bakes, and it does it with smart grill technology, which means that it maintains perfect temperature the whole time. And that means you don't burn anything like I have time or two or every time until I got a Rectech. It's sleek, it's sturdy. The thing is built out of solid stainless steel. It's a tank. It'll be the last grill you buy. AB compare the Rectech to the competition. You'll see what I'm talking about. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. That's Rectech.com. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. Poplitics. That's in, in in some ways, I think that's No, it's not. Everything in pop culture has been turned political, so there's no pop left in it, I think. Alex Clark is uh, with us. She is the host of Poplitics uh, and a contributor to Turning Point USA. Welcome, Alex. How are you? Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Glad. I'm so excited to be here. I grew up listening to you. <laughs> wow. That's now amazing. I, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, uh, thank you. I wish I was in studio to greet you there um, uh, myself. I know we have a couple of guests coming up today that are actually in the studio, and I'm sorry I couldn't be there with you. Um, so, t- first of all, tell me what it is that you do, because I think it's really important and very different than anybody else. Thank you. So I created a show that covers pop culture through a conservative perspective with Turning Point USA, and it mainly lives on Instagram. It's a very visual, graphic-heavy show, and I just break down the entertainment news of the day and the top pop culture stories, but I just don't include any of the leftist propaganda in it. So I call out celebrities when they do stupid stuff, and we have a lot of fun doing it. It's very pink, and uh, it's, it's really targeting a... It's very pink. <laughs> it's targeting a young female right. audience. Um, we have an over 70 young female audience. These are young conservative women between the ages of 18 and 34. So what was your turning point? Because I know you were uh, you were part of Indianapolis, uh, the big morning show there, number one for a lot of years, I think, right after Bob and Tom left, right? Correct. Yeah. One of them left, Bob or Tom. I can't remember which one of them left. And so (laughs) (laughs) we ended up taking the top spot there for a couple years and it was incredible. And I think part of the reason was, is that I was very open about my conservative beliefs. The problem was, and I think that was interesting to people on the show with being a Mm -hmm. pop morning Mm -hmm. radio show and everyone else Mm -hmm. on my show had the polar opposite beliefs. But uh, then it started to become, I think uh, my radio company started feeling like I was a liability. And I think I started to scare them a little bit because it's people crazy. were sending in complaints to the FCC saying that I was a threat to their children because I said I was an NRA member on the air. So, you know, that it started <laughs> oh to get interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to shoot your children over the radio. Yeah, I mean, your children are going to be with you and I'm in this studio, but I'm going to shoot them. Oh, what an idiot. Um, so what was the turning point? Well, the turning point was that just motivated you to get out of radio and start your own thing. Well, I started to kind of realize that, okay, I can either keep moving up in radio. I know I have a good trajectory in this in this industry, um, but I'm going to have to start censoring my beliefs on air. There's no way that I'm going to survive in this format being an outspoken young conservative woman. And so I started thinking, man, I wish that I could host a show where I could talk pop culture because I love that part of what I do, but also talk about being conservative. And I just had no idea where I could do that. Um, And so right when I was debating that, I actually started 
started uh, seeing ads online for Turning Point USA's Young Women's Leadership Conference. This was in 2018. Mm. And so I went and I saw all these amazing female contributors um, that were conservative that I look up to that were going to be speaking. And I I just went on my own. I didn't know a soul there. And when I heard people like Judge Janine speak, Dana Lash speak, all these people that I really look up to, I was like, I got to do this. I got to get out of here. And so I started really thinking about it. And it was only a few months later that Turning Point USA DM me on Instagram and they said, hey, Alex, we're really big fans of what you do. We'd love to fly you out to our headquarters in Phoenix. Just talk to you. And I said, this is my moment. And I, they had no idea that I wanted to host a show like Politics, but I just said it. I said, hey, I want to find somewhere where I can host the show covering pop culture as a conservative. And they said, oh my gosh, we love this idea. Let's get you out here and let's talk about it. And that's how Politics was born. That is, I will tell you how, how different the world is 20 years, uh, 20 years down the road, Stu was with me when I had the same thing. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm a conservative and I, I want to talk about things that are meaningful because I think things are headed towards trouble. And uh, I just gave up because there was no place to go. There was really no place to go if you wanted to do pop culture stuff. Uh, and uh, Stu would listen to me. <laughs> And I was just dead inside. I was like, you know, Britney Spears playing Britney Spears. And I was like, and that's uh, what's her face with that super, super classic. And then I would talk about whatever I wanted to talk about, which was shocking, I think, for the audience. And I had to go into talk radio and it was really hard. How long did we work on that, Stu? Three years, four years? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, many, many years. Yeah. We still don't know how to, to figure it out. We still don't know what we're doing. Yeah, no, we have no idea what we're doing, but we took us a few years to con somebody into thinking that we knew what we were doing. Well, before uh, going to Turning and, uh, Point, I shopped my idea around a conservative talk radio and everybody said, I'm so sorry, I think this is a great idea, but in conservative talk radio, you're an anomaly. There's no way that a young audience, there's a young audience out there that wants to hear pop culture that would listen to talk radio. And I true. said, you're absolutely wrong. Not true. And no one believed me. And so I just knew, yeah. I said, there's a huge audience for this. And then when I created politics, it spurred this massive what, what I call the cute conservative movement. And so now I have all <laughs> mm-hmm. these young girls that are obsessed with the show and obsessed with hearing pop culture without this leftist propaganda. And it, it's the first show of its kind in the conservative movement. Well, I wish I would have. I, I wish you would have come to me because I would have <laughs> put you on the blaze because I, I, I think that is absolutely what the conservative movement is missing. I think um, that we 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 think one way and we think we you know because we we believe in something and we use logic to say okay this works this doesn't so let's save this one and let's get rid of that uh and we we dismiss art and we dismiss pop culture and Mm. if you're not in pop culture you lose you lose because that's really what's driving almost everything Absolutely. And, and, you know, the thing is, is that so many of these young people, when you're thinking about college age kids, um, a lot of them do identify as leftists. But then there's a huge group of them that are just apolitical. They say, oh, I don't like politics. So they don't consume any mm-hmm. political shows. But the one thing that they all consume is pop culture. They're scrolling on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, you know, they're on Instagram. They're watching their favorite YouTube stars. Of course, they're following celebrities. So they are consuming political news and propaganda, but they don't realize it because they think it's pop culture. So 
so what I do is I kind of reach out and I call it cotton candy conservatism. It's very non-aggressive. It's fun. You know, they want to hear about Chris Harrison. They want to hear about Kylie Jenner. And so they'll watch my show. And then in there, I'm talking about, hey, by the way, let me tell you about what a scam Black Lives Matter is. You know, so (laughs) then they're like, whoa, okay, well, I guess I'm listening to this because I also want to find out what Kylie Jenner did. So it's a really good, easy way to kind of red pill people without them knowing that they're getting red pilled. (laughs) Can I tell you something that is exactly how this show started? Stu, doesn't it sound like us? This is this is what we this is exactly what we did. We came in making fun of talk radio and not talking about all of the the heavy stuff. And then, unfortunately, after 9-11 and then Fox, uh, it was it, that all kind of washed out. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, you are you are 100 percent right. Do not listen to anyone who tells you that there isn't a huge market for what you're doing. So let me let me get a couple of uh, ideas from you first. Uh, Chris Harrison, his run as The Bachelor ended. I just read this week that he he has the goods on ABC and he was demanding he makes five million dollars a year, twenty five million dollars as an exit fee. As he Did should he get it. Uh, I I don't know the exact yeah, number, right. but it was eight. It was eight figures. So I assume oh, yes. Wow. Um, so I, I am just blown away by this whole situation. I wish that he wouldn't have. Here's the thing: he would be a superstar right now, and he could absolutely he could have done a dating show with Turning Point USA. He could have done one with uh, Daily yes. Wire with The Blaze. He had all these opportunities. But the thing that I'm so upset with Chris Harrison about is is that he bowed to the mob because what happened was there was a girl on The Bachelor who went to some antebellum party in college, um, and I don't know. <sighs> I don't know what that is. I didn't. I didn't grow up in the South. I grew up in the Midwest. I'm an Indiana girl. I'm a Hoosier. So I guess in college, they go to these antebellum parties that are like Old South. They dress up. And so pictures of her in college in 2018 came out. And of course, everybody called her racist. Well, this girl, Rachel Kirkconnell, was on a season with the first black bachelor, Matt James. So she's on a season with a black bachelor and everyone's saying she's racist because she went to an Old South party. Chris Harrison, the host of all, you know, since 2002 of ABC's The Bachelor franchise, says hey crazy idea here what if we don't hold it against her that she was just a college student celebrating a party that's been done for years and years and years I'm sure she you know wasn't meaning it to be racist or or, uh, ill intended at all and we just forgive her and we just let also she hadn't spoken at that point and given a statement he said what if we just give her a chance to say something the problem is he said this to Rachel Lindsay who is also the first former bachelorette black bachelorette and she is as she is uh, critical race theory as a person i mean that's who this girl is she is is such a social justice warrior so because he had uh the kahunas to say this to Rachel Lindsay like crazy idea why don't we forgive this girl who happens to be white and this girl the host that he was interviewing with happened to be black they said Chris Harrison now has to be canceled because he told a black woman that we should forgive this white girl for going to an old south party and so that is what happened he he kind of put himself in a corner where you can't Nobody on the right would hire him now because he bowed and who cares about it now? Uh, And nobody on the left is going to hire him because he is he's an untouchable. It's like he has social leprosy. Yeah, exactly. So that's why he wants all this money. Also, because he's been with the franchise since 2002, he has all the dirt on ABC. So what I am predicting is going to happen. I think he's going to make a ton of money on a tell-all book. 
I think he's going to show the receipts on how ABC is not as woke nope. as they claim to be nope. and show all their nope. dirty laundry. And it is going to be amazing. Nope. And I am here for it. Is it even after the eight figures? I you will think this tell still happens? you. Oh, I think. Yeah. You don't think well, he's it, probably under. A, I'm no sure. Way. Didn't he sign an no NDA way. for a no certain way. amount of time? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, I'm telling you, I know ABC Disney. I've seen their contracts. I've been under one of their contracts. You don't say anything uh, if you are out and you sign a release form. You are bound mm-hmm. to sign. I mean, it is like the CIA looks like loudmouths compared to <laughs> Disney. This is one of those things, too. That this story, uh, I think, is, is really amazing in that, it, it, to me, it strikes me as almost the best, most pure example of cult, cancel culture I've ever seen. Gina Carano, I think, is, is in c- competition for that title as well. Mm-hmm. But he did nothing. He asked for grace for someone. And he, he has this happen to him. His apology and her apology of the apology were so agonizing though they they immediately go oh, to this so i'm bad. so sorry i didn't understand stand up for it yourself was like a hostage video yes <laughs> it was it is remarkable I, I i i found myself uh, not feeling bad for him after after the apology came that's out that's the thing you want to feel bad but you kind of don't because <laughs> yeah. you're like dude why no. like have a backbone that's the thing Bring it on. what happened to people having spines why are we so scared of these people i, I don't understand their arguments are garbage mm. they're literal racist why do we <laughs> care what they think he should have thrown the middle fingers up you. and said bye yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i love you uh so i have to ask i have to ask if this is true there are rumors that Kim Kardashian, you ready for this, too? I don't know if you've heard this, and Van Jones mm. are dating. Really? Yeah. That's an, uh, an in- interesting uh, couple. Is that true? Mm-hmm. They've been going, the rumors have been going around since Kim Kardashian and Kanye West kind of announced that they were on the rocks and uh, right before they announced their divorce even. And you know what? I, I'm not a Van Jones fan, obviously, but I don't hate it. And here's why. If you think about this, Kanye West, conservative, Christian, she's not. Van Jones is more on her level. They also are both very passionate about prison reform. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were both champions of that. And even when she was meeting with the president, uh, Van Jones on prison reform, Van Jones was the only person on CNN to stand up for Kim Kardashian and say, guys, <laughs> this is an amazing cause. Mm-hmm. Everything that President Trump has done for prison reform has been unbelievable. It's something we've always wanted. Why are you guys giving her crap over this? Like you would want to be her if you were in her position. So he was the only one to stand up for her. So honestly, I can kind of see it, Um, you know, but I think that they could end up being a power couple. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up seeing Kim. I know that Kanye's already kind of put in his hat for the, uh, put his hat in the ring for the White House, but I wouldn't be surprised if one day we see Kim do that. I think she's kind of revamping her image to really get into the political sphere seriously let me let me just take a break here just for a second and just say this dear lord please help us if kim kardashian is even serious a serious choice for people we're doomed and we know it we need your help in jesus name we pray amen alex clark is with us she is the host of politics uh and uh contributor for turning point usa She's actually in town because you're going to be speaking at the uh, Young Women's Leadership Conference uh, from Turning Point. Are you not? Yes. Actually, I opened yesterday. I got to open with Charlie Kirk himself, and it was incredible. And we have 
huge life-size Barbie boxes on stage that we got to stand in and pose like a doll. Can you believe Charlie Kirk That's posing funny. like Barbie? It was so great. The, the whole conference is pink and purple. And so I got to open and I spoke first and I talked about how um, Barbie is definitely, uh, she would be a capitalist. She has the freedom to be all these different jobs that Barbie has. And so the theme of the conference is capitalist Barbie for all these young women. All 50 states are represented, even some other countries. We have over 2,500 young conservative women there um it's the largest all women uh, conservative conference of its kind and it's just absolutely electrifying she might even be barbie might even be more than a capitalist she may be almost a grotesque capitalist i mean <laughs> she had a malibu house before anybody ever knew that that was the thing to have i mean she had it all she had it all pink jeep pink um, convertible uh, mm. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't go deeper than the Malibu house. Um, the uh, the speakers that are speaking uh, this weekend. What what is the what is the main message that is being uh, passed on, and what is it that these young women uh, are being empowered to do? What is what is it that they want to do? Do you think? Well, the majority of the girls that are in audience at this conference are high school and college age. So I think the main thing is that we're hoping that all these different speakers, we have everyone from Laura Trump, Judge Janine yesterday, um, to we have Kaylee McEnany coming. Um, it, mm-hmm. it, we're hoping that they're going to go back on their campuses at school or our young professional, I call them career servatives, that they're going to go back into their workplace in their office and they're going to be empowered to talk about loud and proud about their conservative values. And so it's really empowering them. They're being being around other people like them, they're seeing that they're not alone. And that's the main thing is that one of the easiest, you know, the, the best tactics that the left has against young conservative women is that they make us feel like we are totally alone. And so we don't want to speak up and share that we are conservative because we think no one else is. And when they're in a conference room full of thousands of other women just like them, they see that that's not the case. And they are they are so pumped to go back into their life after this weekend and share so the truth about who conservatives really are. It is so great. Stu, would you take Alex for a quick tour of the museum after the show if you have time or have somebody do that next door? We have we have things next door at our Mercury One Museum that uh, I think you'll uh, you have my permission to go access at any time. It's an amazing collection of American uh, items uh, that you might want to use in in uh, uh, in your career. Anyway, you can follow uh, Alex at Real Alex Clark, Real Alex Clark or Poplitics. Both of those are on Instagram. You can follow her there. You can also find out more information at tpusa.com. Alex, let's talk again. Thanks. Thanks, Glenn.